Blog Talk Radio. Zero six hundred hours Eastern, ten hundred hours Greenwich, and this is the Rudder, your guide to thrive in any economy. I am William Eastman, your host for the next thirty minutes, and today's show is number three in a series of eight, taken from our upcoming book, The Code. And today's focus is going to be stage one of your growth path, turning your dreams into a win. Now, to talk with us, you can do two things. One is you can hit the chat link off of our Blog Talk Radio site, and that is at blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T-H-E hyphen R-U-T-T-E-R, or you can dial and direct at 347-215. Good day. This is, it is 0600 hours Eastern. 100 Greenwich. This is the rudder, your guide to thrive in any economy. And I apologize for that microphone problem. I'm William Eastman, your host for the next 30 minutes. And today's show is number three of a series of eight on turning your dreams into a winning plan. To talk with us, you can do two things. One, you can hit the chat link on the Blog Talk Radio uh, site, and that's blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T-H-E dash R-U-T-T-E-R, or you can dial in live to 347-215-7471. Okay, for the next six shows, we're going to follow the following format. Uh, First of all, I'm going to describe the growth stage. Number two, I'm going to talk about what are the critical issues of that stage that need to be addressed. Number three, I'm going to talk about what is the role of the owner and what should they be doing. Number four is given their role how should they be focusing their time? And then finally, we're going to talk about failure points. What are the things to look for to avoid and so that you can move through the process? And as we've been doing, our standard format is by midday on our blog site, uh, which you can also link off of Blog Talk Radio, or you can Google it and just Google in basically the Rudder blog and you will get yourself above the fold on Google. You'll see us right now. We're listed about number four on the list, and we will have the transcripts of today's show. So let's talk about growth. Um, And I'm going to assume that uh, if you're new to the show, you don't know what those growth stages are. So let me go through those very quickly. There are five stages of growth before a company declines. Uh, The first stage in today's focus is the pre-startup phase, where you turn your dreams into a plan. Take that business idea, transform it into something. Stage two is known as go live, and that is about selling and making enough money to prove the business idea and to reinvest back into the firm. Stage three is your next act. What do you do once you've got to that point, and given what you've now learned, 
where do you want to take the company? Stage four is big fast, and what that is about is simply this is where the most of the growth takes place within a cycle. Uh, number five is stable, and this is when you get to the decision point of what the future is, um, is your decision to, one, sell the company because it won't ever be worth more, at least in this cycle, uh, as it is at that moment in time. Number two is make a decision to reinvent the firm and grow it larger and take it to its next stage. Or number three is to let the company go into decline because as all things in nature, nothing, nothing is ever stable. And then finally, the last stage of your decision is not to sell and not to let it decline, is how do you reinvent the firm. And so those are the six stages that we're going to cover, which is the next six shows. So let's take stage number one, um, turning your dreams into a winning plan. What are the critical issues here? Okay, Critical issue number one is doing enough market research that you have identified where the competitive advantage for your business idea to your target market. Now, if you come from the industry and you've been in it for a number of years, you might have a reasonably good handle on this. If it's something brand new, then maybe um, you have less than a good idea. But what we have found in our research by looking at fast growth in companies is that this is probably the area where the, the, there is the greatest dearth of information. Uh, most business owners take their knowledge and their intuition, and this is what they run on, I highly recommend you don't do that because competitive advantage is where in the market can you find unmet needs with a group of clients who have the economic ability to pay you. And so it takes some market research. It's not expensive to do. You can do the majority of this on the web. And if you take a link to our blog site, uh, I will post up there some links where you can get the information or actually look at a script to do that. The second thing is, once you've done that, number two is taking a look at what business model. What is the business model that you need to put together? And that is a separate show unto itself. We will have some more listings on this. But what a business model means is how do you find a way of being better, faster, different, and a theme that you're going to find from us, the lowest cost producer, um, and that has nothing to do with price. That has to do with cost because if you're the lowest cost producer in our market, um, that gives you great flexibility on your pricing because either you can price like your competitors and have a lower margin or you can have the same margin as your competitors and price lower. So how do you put together that business model um, that will give you competitive advantage? Number three is the creation of brand identity. If there's anything that we've learned from doing re research with small businesses, and I've learned now in my fifth startup, is that the most important thing that you can build is brand. If you look at any of the companies that have gone from zero to a billion, the companies that have made it, the one in 400 companies who take it from a million dollars to a billion dollars, what they all did is they built their brand brand first, and it is the foundation of the firm. Um, number four is good enough on your initial offer. Now, a lot of times what happens is that we find ourselves held hostage uh, by profession. You can't achieve that right now because as we go to number six, you've got to be quick to market. And if you take too much time to go in this planning stages and this development stages, what's going to happen to you as a business 
is the um, you're going to be too slow and you're going to burn up your working capital. So the issue here with good enough is you need to get it done. You need to get it out there. And quite frankly, since you're doing it, uh, most startups do it themselves and they don't have any participation with outside experts or with customers. Um, spending too much time in it is you're only going to redo it because you're not sure that you've got it right. So the issue of good enough means that I need to get it out there and get it and, and sell it. And then from the selling and those initial engagements is how I is how I learn whether or not I've got the right features, attributes, quality, costs, etc. Uh, that allows me uh, to be competitive in the marketplace. And the only way to know that is to test it. And the only way to test it is to sell it. So therefore, if you're going to sell it, you've got to get started. So those are the critical issues. Um, now, what's the owner's role? Well, the owner's role is three things. You've got to achieve three things in these early stages. One is clarity. Two is creation of a foundation. And number three is speed. Clarity is um, only you, or if it's a group of business owners coming together, only you all know exactly what you want to create. And so what you need to do here is basically develop an elevator speech to say, if I had to explain this quickly, how would I explain this to somebody? And if you get a quizzical look, in that 30-second time, if you get a quizzical look, I think you need to work on it further. Um, number two is the building of the foundation. And these foundation systems that we're going to talk about here briefly, as well as working on your brand identity, is the foundation you're going to build your house on. Many of the companies that we work with, when they get to stage three, which is their next act, because they have not really done an adequate job, not a great job, because again, I think you've got to be quick here, but if they haven't done an adequate job of building the foundation, they basically have to scrap what they've done up till now and rebuild the house. And so view it as a house, is that if you build a foundation, solid foundation, you can build that house upon it and you don't have to do too many modifications. You certainly don't have to tear it down, but in a lot of businesses, you almost have to start from scratch. And sometimes what happens because you, do, you, you have to do that is you uh, have killed what you've already built in the market because you almost have to reintroduce yourself. So the owner has these three things they have to do, and that is accomplished through direct supervision, is that at this point in time, there's no time for collaboration. There is no time for delegation. Uh, this is direct supervision. This is the owner being the hub of the wheel at the employees, the customers, and suppliers, or all the spokes. The owner is the hub. And it's okay to be somewhat autocratic. Um, uh, I don't think, I think you can, if you do it nicely and you can do it in a benevolent way, and I don't mean that you do not solicit input, you do not listen to people, but understand that the decisions must come from you and they must come quickly, and you must have some sort of clarity to exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, So let me shift from the owner's role to the owner's focus. And the focus is building three processes. There's three things that are part of this foundation. Uh, number one is your financial accounting software and the use of outside financial experts. I cannot understate this enough. If there's any place where you cannot go on the cheap um, in terms of expenditures, it is here. Uh, pick an accounting software system, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, you do this by hand, you're crazy. 
pick a software system that you can scale that will allow you to grow at least through one or two growth cycles. Most everybody uses QuickBooks. I'm not an advocate for any software package, uh, but QuickBooks seems to be a good decision, and it looks like that most companies can get to a couple million dollars before the inadequacies of QuickBooks become apparent. And that's not a slam on QuickBooks. They weren't designed to do that. Uh, we run a total Linux platform, and so we use we are forced to use proprietary software uh, that is rather cumbersome, which then gets me to the issue of use of outside experts. Uh, the quicker you get a CPA or you hire, you get a CFO for hire, because uh, nowadays you can do that. There are consortiums of uh, of CFOs and organizations where you can get a, a, a top flight, a chief financial officer, a comptroller on a part-time basis to really give you insight because you're looking for far more than a bookkeeper. What you're looking for is somebody who can work with you to say, here's what the numbers mean and has the ability to work many, many different ratios and give you many, many different pictures of the building because a, a, a organization it's kind of like a building with, that has multiple sides, and no one photograph, no matter what angle you take it from, is in fact um, going to capture all of that. And so that's number one. You've got to have that financial accounting system in place with expert help. Number two is the building of the business plan or the strategic plan. And what this really becomes for you is an operations manual, manual for the early stages. Uh, when we built our company, we, we know the stuff that, that we talk about, and we do eat our own dog food, and I walk around with my ops plan, my business plan, my strategic plan. If you ever see me uh, on the street, call me on the phone and say, Bill, do you have it? I'll open to the page and say, what do you want to know? It's something I constantly refer to because it always keeps me on focus, especially um, when I find myself in situations where there's multiple things to do in a day and how do I decide which things to do? Well, I go back to the plan and say what is critical. But part of this is also working on coming up with that brand identity. And what are the attributes of the brand? When people think of us, what do I want them to think of? And so um, one of the things that happens in a lot of small businesses is there's this argument about do you engage in marketing or is it all about sales? And I'm going to tell you right now that if you allocate a budget, let me give you an example. Let's say that you allocate $50,000 for sales this year. That's what you're going to put into sales, to hopefully to produce some. Your choices are, do you put 50000 into sales or do you, say, put 10000 into marketing and 40000 into sales? My recommendation to you is to put $10,000 in marketing because what the role of marketing is to create presence for yourself in the marketplace, to create some identity so that when you call somebody, they actually know who the hell you are. Or even better, imagine if the phone was to ring or imagine if people come by your website on their own, or imagine if people drop by your offices or your stores as opposed to you constantly having to pull people in. And so the issue of $10,000 in this particular example spent marketing is not money wasted because if you spend all your money in sales, understand that all your sales start as cold calls. And I don't know about you, I've been in the industry 30 years, I've done a lot of selling, Cold calling is tough, and it will wear you out because the odds are 
in our business is that 100 leads you cold call on, the odds are that by the time you get them through the different stages of the sales funnel, you might have one out of 100. And that can be rather distracting unless that's uh, lots of revenue and a huge margin and also a lot of cash flow to survive it. The third focus area is what's going to be your sales system. This is the time to get sales in place. One is what sales model you're going to use. Um, there are several out there. I'm not an advocate for any one of them individually because I think the way that you sell is affected by your brand. If you are an organization that is going to produce pretty good stuff but at a very low price, and customers basically will have lots of choices, but it is what it is, then you're into more of a transactional sales model. If you're, on the other hand, you're into selling consulting services or services that are fairly complex, then you need more of a consultative sales process. And so the issue of a sales model is pick a sales model that fits what it is that you're selling. My recommendation to you would be I would take a look at uh, models such as SPIN or um, by Neil Rackman, or I would take a look at strategic selling by Miller Hyman are two good places to start. But also part of this sales model, and here's the other place do not scrimp, is purchase a software package or an online service with, that has a CRM system in it. Um, without a customer relationship management system, you're going to go crazy quickly because if you're going to be handling a high number of leads or the sales process requires that you uh, really stay on top of the customer and you need a great deal of information or what you sell requires a lot of knowledge post-sale in order to provide service, um, you're not going to be able to do it without an automated system. I have built these using spreadsheets. I've built these using database managers like Access or Open Office Space. And I can tell you right now, you're going to waste productive time. Here's a place not to scrimp. A good choice is Salesforce. Um, I've used Salesforce. Uh, Intellium is another vendor that does an excellent job. Uh, since we run a Linux platform, uh, we have used for a number of years Info at Hand. And again, I'm not advocating any of those services. I'm simply telling you that those are examples of good CRM systems that are reasonably inexpensive that will help you in the sales process. So let me do a time check here. And right now, we are 18 minutes past the hour into the show. And what I want to do is I want to remind you how to participate. You can at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T-H-E dash R-U-T-T-E-R. You can hit the chat button and you can join us in the chat room. Number one. Number two is you can call in. And that number is 347-215-7471. Or you can go to our blog. And the easiest way of doing that is just Google it and write it in the rudder blog. And uh, what you'll find is we're above the fold. So let me stop and say here. Um, okay, I'm just checking our chat room. And uh, um, okay, thanks. I got and I got no questions. I got some people in there, but I've got no questions. All right. So then let me move on to the next piece here. What are the failure points? What are the things that that will tell you that you're off track or the things that will destroy your dream in terms of your ability to go to market. All right? I have four things here, which are different ways of looking at what we've already discussed. One of them is this clarity of idea. And that is, I really believe that 
you should turn your business idea into an elevator speech. And one of the first things you should be doing is figuring out how in 30 seconds you can explain it to somebody. So a couple things happen. One, they understand what your offer is. And two, it excites them. And it excites them because either it meets some need that they may have or it's distinctive and unique enough that captures their attention. But if you can't explain it in 30 seconds, I doubt seriously if you're going to be able to sell it because people don't read. And if your sales process or what you offer is highly complicated, uh, it's just going to take you a long time to sell it. The last thing we need, especially when we get into stage two when we talk about the sales cycle, the last thing you need is a complicated long-term sale because it is the type of thing that will put you out of business. It will kill your working capital. And so working on that clarity of idea, if, you, if somebody says, well, gee, what type of business have you started, Bill? And you tell them, and they get a quizzical look or they don't get excited, uh, you're not ready yet. And so I don't know whether you write the elevator speech first or you do the business plan or you work on the brand identity. I'm not sure of what process you use. My experience is I've found that it's iterative. In other words, I wrote an elevator speech and then I went ahead and put together a business plan, and then I went back and rewrote the elevator speech. And I, our elevator speech is probably on version 9, as well as the business plan is probably on version 3 or 4. But here's an area for you to get really clean and really tight and test it out with people that you know, but also test it out with people who don't know you and what you're doing. And if in 30 seconds you can get them to go, wow, that's a great idea, I understand what you're doing, or have them say, gee, give me a call, then you know you're beginning to hit upon it. And uh, number two, selection of a business model. This is how do you take the, the competitive advantage that you identified from your early market research, how do, you, how do you find a unique and different way of doing business? Now, we are going to, we are going to absolutely, actually do a separate show on this and because there's no way in the remaining eight minutes I can go through the various choices that you have. But basically, it takes a look at the entire chain. It looks at sales, it looks at distribution, it looks at production, and it takes a look at what's happening in the economy, and it says, okay, what's happening that I need to take account of to say this is the way that we run the business? And I don't, wanna, I, I do, I, I don't believe I can overstate the criticality of thinking through the business model um, and Adrian Sawaski is a guy who wrote a, a book called The Profit Zone, I believe. Um, Profit Patterns is the book by um, Adrian Sawaski, S-L-Y-W-O-T-Z-K-Y. It's an excellent book, and what we're going to do is that we've taken and we've broken that down into small pieces. But I think that the failure point here is failure to think this through, because I guarantee you what will happen is as you get into stage three, because you can have a bad business model and have cash flow. In other words, you can be successful in stage two. But when you get to stage three and you need to move on, if you don't have the right business model, you're going to have to re-engineer the firm because if you try to grow on the wrong business model, you'll destroy yourself. Because the two major failure points in a company, when you look at the entire cycle, is in stage two, the inability to generate sufficient cash to stay alive. Basically, the baby dies for the lack of milk 
or in stage four when you attempt to grow and you have the wrong business model and the wrong systems or the wrong capabilities. And what happens to you here is that you destroy your working capital and on the books you're profitable and the reality is the cigar box has absolutely no money in it. And so that is critical. And we will handle this as a separate show. Take a look, uh, watch for our programming. More than likely, it'll be something that we run in probably mid-July. Uh, number three is the estimation of cash flow. Um, and this is a separate session. We'll probably do a show on it. If not, I will have a blog link on our, on our blog site, The Rudder. Uh, but the, the issue here is how much, how much money do you need to survive the sales cycle? So two things you've got to ask yourself, and these are really quick metrics that I can do right here uh, on this radio show in about one minute. Number one is, in your industry, what is the average sales cycle from the time the customer first hears about you until the, they pay the check? And so if you know what that average sales cycle is, then the other number you need is your cost per day. So real quickly, well, you, here's what you do. Let's assume that in, we'll take my industry, our sales cycle is about 90 days. All right, so let's put 90 days aside. Uh, if the cost per day, it, it costs us about, and I'm going to pick a round number. This is not really accurate. It costs us, there are 260 work days in a year. So let's say it costs $260,000 a year on the business. That says basically every day we're, we're working, it costs us $1,000. Well, if I got a sales cycle of 90 days, which includes accounts receivable, and it costs me $1,000 a day to be open, then basically I have to have $90,000 of cash flow, whether it's cash on hand, line of credit, credit cards, it doesn't matter where I get the dollars. But I don't have $90,000, I'm not going to make it. So a failure point is not estimating cash flow needs and making sure it is sufficient to get you through. And we will do a show on cash flow, and we'll talk about different methodologies to deal with that. And then finally, is speed to market. And speed to market is absolutely critical because basically the cash flow meter has started. So if you've got a 90-day sales cycle, and let's say it takes you another 90 days to, to get started and build the product, effectively what you've done is you've just taken 180 days. And so it's going to be 180 days from when you first start working on this until you have your first sale. And if you have $1,000 a day, as the example that we just gave, that's $180,000. So when you decide to create a business, you need to do quality work to build the foundation up front in some of the things that we've already talked about. But you've got to get to market quickly. And what happens to most companies is that they kind of take too much time building the business plan, and they're kind of slow about it. You can't be. You need to be thorough, you need to be thoughtful, but you need to be fast. And what they really kill themselves is that they over-engineer the first product. If you decide that what the quality standards are that you need for this particular product or service or X, you probably can get out there with about 80% of it right and get out there and do not let good enough be held hostage by the perfect. Get it to market, get it in customers' hands, get them using it, and whatever other fixes that you can do, you can do it there. But if you don't go to market quickly, you don't have any cash flow, you're eating up the, the cash reserves you got, and cash is the most precious research in any business. So let me summarize. Um, we are talking about the first of six growth stages. Uh, 
taking your dreams and turning them into a plan. We talked about what the critical issues were for the business owner. What are the things that they need to focus in on to get through this stage and get through it quickly? What is the role of the owner? What is it that, that, that their role in the show is going to be? And I can assure you that that role is going to change over time. Um, what are the things that the owner needs to attend to? What systems or processes need to be put in place now that do two things? One, help you move the business along, and in this particular case, help you get the market quickly and help you sell. And, what, and notice here, we did not talk about your product, and, uh, your product or service uh, production system which is not something that's really critical to stage three. Right now, just get it done, get it out. How you do it is not going to matter uh, for a couple more stages. And then what we talked about is what are the failure points? What are the things that you need to pay attention to um, that will tell you whether you're on track or off track? And I would recommend that whatever you use, whatever you use for a day timer system, um, is that you somehow put into there on your daily to-do list, if you're in stage one, is this issue, do we have clarity? Do we have a foundation? Are we on track speed-wise? Where do we stand on our business model? What do we need on cash flow? And where do we stand currently against that number? So what I want to say to everybody is I want to thank everybody who joined us in the chat room or everybody who's going to download either the, the show or go to the blog site uh, for stopping by today. We're going to be on tomorrow with stage, uh, with the stage two of growth, which is Go Live. So this is Rudder Radio, your guide to thrive in any economy, presented by Applied Knowledge Labs. Have a great business day.